buddy. It is an exciting day today. Episode 21 of the Near Mint Hockey Card Podcast. Episode 21 is Stan Makita's episode. A legend, maybe the best Blackhawk ever. And a bit of a trailblazer for Slovakians in the hockey world. <laughs> and with me today, again, is Elon. Welcome back to the show, Elon. Hey, Ryan. Great to talk to you. It's been a little while. Uh, so I don't know. Are you throwing some shade on Marion Hossa, both a Slovakian and former Chicago Blackhawk, who had a pretty good career? No shade on Marion Hossa. I love <laughs> Hossa. Hall of Famer. Uh, nothing bad to say about Hosa, but Makita paved the way for Hosa sure. to be who he was. I guess it's really hard to compare like modern players to former players. Like who's to say like who is a better player between Panarin or Patrick Kane and Stan Makita? Like it's hard to imagine people being better than Patrick Kane with the seasons he's been, he's been having so far. But I don't know. I, I wasn't watching Makita in his prime. No, I wasn't either. And when you look at his hockey cards, he's got like the most silly bucket like it's it, it looks like it wouldn't even help you if you got hit into the boards <laughs> right well okay yeah hockey's come a long way and hockey cards have come a long way uh including i know we got some exciting things to talk about today yeah so i mean you can see on the screen if you're watching we've got 2020 21 series two to dig into we're gonna Woo! run through every young gun that you can get in the box but before that a couple quick Quick, quick notes. Uh, Clear Cut came out yesterday. Been seeing lots of really crazy hits. I don't know if you've seen much of that, Elon, but you can get a Matthews Young Guns autographed in that box. So wait, how does this work? You can get old Young Guns in this new released box? Yeah, Clear Cut is a, like a very autograph-focused box. You only get one card. Like you open it and it's one card. <laughs> you open uh, up a whole box yeah. and then it's just like what styrofoam and stuff to make it feel heavy. And then you have one little card. Yeah, it's just kind of like uh, an encasement. And then they all come in one touches like nice and sealed. So there's not like a lot of room for the cards to get banged up. Um, but every single card has an auto and then there's some crazy hits. It's nuts. I've got a question for you then. So are, are they printing new versions of the Matthews Young Gun or did upper deck like go and like find an existing one in mint condition and then throw that in the box i actually don't know i'm i imagine they could print them or they've just got some like they must have lots of matthews young guns right uh, i just feel like that's not that's like not the deal you know like the deal is this is card had a certain number of versions printed and its value comes from the fact that no more are ever going to be printed but once they're like releasing a new set with that exact card i don't know it's interesting but I, i'm sure they know what they're doing Right. Well, okay. So it's also the clear cut version, which I think you can, I don't know if it actually came out in the young guns, but everything in the clear cut base is like acetate or the clear cut version right. of the card. So cool. yeah, those cards are actually really, really nice. And of course, as with anything, you're going to have some, some quote unquote hits that are like guys you don't care about, uh, just cause not everything can be awesome, but yeah, it's it's a it's a fun product, but it's a very premium product. Well, cool. I'm curious to see when you'll show us some of your hits that you've pulled. Yeah, I actually don't have any boxes of that. Maybe I will get a couple just to to figure it out. But there's been some really cool ones happening in the Near Mint Discord. So if you're interested to see some cool hits, come join our Discord. You can find the link wherever you find us. Cool. Uh, the other th quick thing I want to talk about before we get into Series 2 is PSA had a pricing update, 
it's it's uh it's significant it's a little bit tricky to explain but they've kind of doubled prices but also let you send in 10 cards instead of 20 in their bulk submission um but yeah i think they realize like they need to do something to address the fact that you know cards are just flowing into PSA constantly. PSA is my ops right now. I got to be honest. <laughs> Ever since they uh, sent back my OV Young Guns with a six out of 10, and I don't really see anything wrong with it aside from one weak corner. I'm like, ah, forget you. I'm going to send that same card to Beckett one day and we'll see. Ooh, that's... And if Beckett, if Beckett comes back with an eight or higher, I don't know, I'm going to have to have a mean tweet to PSA. Like, you raise your prices when you have this product. I don't know. That's hilarious. Yeah, we haven't had you on the show since you got that card back. That's why. <laughs> That's why. I went into hiding. <laughs> that, I'm actually I'm like, not- if you actually send that to Beckett, I'm going to be really curious to like A, to see what you get, but also to see what the subgrades are, because I looked at that card before sending it in. I looked at it after getting it back, and I have no idea why it's a 6 out of 10. I really don't. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing with PSA. It's like, obviously, it's a cool company. And like, the, when you grade the card, it's worth so much more money if you get a high grade and all that stuff. But I'd like to know why. I feel like if you get a bad grade, if, even if you don't want to put it on, just like, give me a little note. Give me something just so I know. Now I'm going to waste more money sending this over to uh, Beckett. <laughs> and like, I won't have wasted. And also, the frustrating thing, if I could just rant, is that we paid money to send this to PSA because we assumed it was going to be like a eight or whatever or a nine. Mm. So like we paid the price because, you know, they want you to pay based on the expected value of the card. If I would have known it was a, they should give me a disc. They should send us money because the value is actually in the toilet because it's only a six out of 10. So we overpaid for this grading in the first place. That is an interesting point. And, and maybe I screwed up and we should have submitted below the, 10 or 9 value of an OV to get into that lower price point but I was kind of thinking like well if you do that well then are they going to just like give you a shitty grade because they saw <laughs> you don't even think it's worth that so I don't know there's some some mind trickery going on there and we did get it back faster so there's that the ones mm-hmm. that we sent in at the regular are still sitting at PSA and who knows when we're getting those so I mean we got the cards back quicker that's the one bonus True. there yeah I got the Band-Aid torn off early. Yeah. Got my disappointment in early, and now I'm able to get over it. Finally, come and talk to you on this podcast, which I'm excited about. One of the only reasons I agreed, by the way, to be on this podcast is because you've ordered, pre-ordered these boxes of Series 2, and you got a couple for me. Like, I'm paying you for them, but, like, now I have something to really be excited about, right? Because we're going to be talking about all these exciting cards, and I'm really excited to pull some of them. Remember that time that we did a show opening a couple boxes of series one and we got the most like useless worthless box of all time yeah it's funny we opened two boxes on the show out of the case and we didn't really get anything and then of course i go like open boxes on my own and get cool cards uh so maybe this time around we'll get some really cool hits on the show um, yeah, we should definitely do that exact same show again for series two and open one of our, each of our boxes. Yeah. So, I mean, we'll have a case on the way and we were going to each open a box and it was supposed to be next week, March 10th, that the case arrived. But there's rumors of Upper Deck having delayed the release. And I went on Cardboard Connection today and it looks like the date is now March 24th. That's what they've listed there. So maybe we aren't getting it next week, which would be super disappointing. And I have to come up with a new topic for next week. (laughs) (laughs) 
you could do a recap of like the 2006 07 like upper deck just pick a random series to talk about instead yeah 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 so the plan is to open those up i'll also go through some of the inserts that you can get because there's some new inserts in series two but today we're gonna focus on the young guns you can get in series two and just as a reminder if you want to go check them all out you can go to cardboard connection figure out all the cards you can get in series two it's uh it's gonna be pretty exciting uh some of these rookies um and this box whether you're opening hobby or whether you're opening retail you're gonna get 24 packs you're gonna get six young guns in those packs so yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be pretty exciting to open our boxes yeah, and also this series is like a lot better than series one, right? Like obviously Lafreniere was the headliner with that really ugly, stupid Lafreniere card just like behind what looked like a green screen. But, uh, and he actually so far has been a bit of a disappointment. Not that I'm worried about him long-term, but yeah. uh, looking through the list of these young guns that we're going to go through, this is like a lot of really exciting names, potentially as or close to as exciting as Lafreniere. Plus like we, we don't only have one guy that we're trying to pull. Yeah. And if we don't get him, then we're disappointed here. It's like, as we're opening these, most of the, young, well, not most, but I'd say at least half of the young guns are players who I've heard of, which is good. And then maybe a quarter of them are players who I think are actually really, really good. Yeah. Yeah. I think if we were to have reviewed this, like before both the series came out, we might've preferred series one, but with the way Lafreniere has played, like, I'm all about this series. It's going to be awesome. Um, yeah. Let's so, do it. without further ado, let's get into our. Well, I want to call him our headliner because that's what normally the first card in the Young Gun set is. Like Lafreniere was 201, and this is 451. And that is Kirill Kaprizov or Kaprizov. I forget always how it's said. <laughs> I think it's Kaprizov. Kaprizov. Yeah, he's having a phenomenal rookie season, up to 17 points in 20 games now. His line ever since Minnesota came back from that COVID break. Yeah, I guess you don't call it break, but like COVID uh, time off. Uh, he's been on a line with Victor Rask and Matt Zuccarello, who like obviously Matt Zuccarello used to be a really good player, and then last year he stunk. So the way I think of it is like. Kaprizov is like reinvigorating Zuccarello's career and that goes to show how good Kaprizov is I'm sure like Zuccarello deserves some credit for his resurgence but man like this guy Kaprizov is like basically everything we were hoping for going into the year right like a lot of people thought okay he's a stud from the KHL and the guys like Lafreniere who are like 18 19 like how are they going to compete with someone like Kaprizov who's 23 he's been playing with men for a long time succeeding and he's like yeah he's blown my expectations out of the water which were already decently high like I didn't even pick him on any of my fantasy teams even though I was eyeing him and thought that he'd be good uh but now I'm regretting that and I think he's the runaway Calder favorite at this point like we're going to talk about some other guys who are looking pretty good but uh, I don't see how Kaprizov doesn't win the Calder unless he, like, assuming he doesn't get injured or something. Yeah, he's got 17 points in 20 games. He's still only 23 years old. Like, I, I actually thought he was a little bit older um, before I was looking into this. He was over point per game in the KHL before he came over. He was a fifth round pick. So, like, that's pretty wild. Actually, in the McDavid year. Um, so, it's kind of funny to get his young guns like this much later but uh yeah I'd, I'd say he's definitely front runner for calder and one of my top like if you hit this it's like a pretty sweet pull but i don't think it's yeah. the one it's it's not my top guy i don't know really? is, he, okay. is he your top guy 
Yeah, I mean, I think he is. I mean, okay, I maybe are you thinking of a goalie instead? No. Oh, okay. So, okay, I'll be curious. Let's just keep the this, this suspense the and we'll suspense. figure it out as we get there. Yeah. But, like, also, a thing with Kaprizov is he has 17 points in 20 games, like we keep saying. He's being centered right now by Victor Rask, like a nobody, right? Like, and at some point in the near future, Marco Rossi is probably going to become the top center on this team mm-hmm. once he makes it to the league, like next year, maybe even. And like, I feel like the ceiling's even higher because Minnesota has a decent prospect pipeline. And once he's not playing with the likes of Victor Raz <laughs> on his line, like, I think that he could do even better. Like, I'm really excited to see what Kaprizov can do over the next couple of years. Once he like, you know, gets more, like, I don't even see how he could get more comfortable. He came to the NHL and just right away started dominating. And so, yeah, things could, I don't know, sky's the limit. I'm really into him. Yeah, that's exciting. So let me ask you this. What do you think this card is going to be worth the day that we put, like, <laughs> assuming we pull it day one, what do you think the price is? Right. Well, it's like so much goes into that, right? Like in terms of the market of the team he plays on and I don't know, other thing, maybe even the fact that he's like from Russia. I don't know if that like makes him more or less exciting compared to Lafreniere, who's like Canadian, but I don't know. Like how much was Lafreniere? It was like four hundred dollars at the start. Yeah, Lafreniere was four hundred bucks for like a few days, and then three hundred bucks pretty steadily, and he's come down to two hundred or even like it's like one fifty sometimes now. Um, so I mean, like, wouldn't people be willing to pay one fifty for Kaprizov, who's like a sure thing to win the Calder, uh, rather than pay the same price for Lafreniere? Yeah, I mean, like, I wouldn't be too surprised if he was kind of in the two fifty, three hundred dollar range. I think that's what I oh damn guess. Um, but I could also seeing it, see it being a little lower because like I said, like this isn't my first pick and it might not be other people's either. Is your first pick on Vancouver? I'm not going to tell you. Okay. I think I might know where you're going here. All right. (laughs) I'm thinking in fantasy also, right? Like I've been, I'll admit, like I haven't been following hockey cards as much. Like you're bringing me on here because I can talk about things I know about because I've been following the hockey season very, very closely for all my fantasy teams. Uh, So I'm telling you like Kaprizov is the one who jumps out to me as like, he's the guy I would take first in a fantasy draft. Yeah. Uh, So you'll be able to bring your insights into the, you know, the hockey card value, which is obviously not always the same. Yeah. I mean, in fantasy, definitely. And he's like, you know, he's, I'd say the most steady, like the most sure thing. If like you're buying cards, I I wouldn't fault you for this being your number one guy, but um, yeah, I, I, there's right. a couple others in here. It's, it's a pretty exciting group. And I think it's kind of cool that people aren't going to necessarily agree on what the best card is. Whereas like the Lafreniere box, like there were some other cool guys, but like there was, that was the only real one where you were like excited Right, like maybe Bone Byram, but even him, like he's playing this year right now and he's fine. Like, you know, it's yeah. cool that he's playing at such a young age, but yeah. yeah it, and Lafreniere, yeah, no one really from that set. Who is even the top scorer from Series 1 at this point? I need to bring up the list. From <laughs> Series 1 is probably Gabe Velarde. Oh my God, but come on. I'd okay, have, that, that's a look. bust of a box so far. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's there's room, there's room, but... Of course. Oh, yeah. Josh Norris, right? Centering the top line. Good point. Uh, yeah. The sports. Do you know who the sports guy 31 is here in the chat? No, but he's a very smart sports guy 31. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Josh, yeah, Josh Norris. Norris has been good. Yeah. All right. Why don't we get on to the second Young Guns in this box? And let's see if you can tell me anything about this guy. His name is Jalen Chatfield. <laughs> uh, he is a Vancouver Canucks Young Gun. And uh, that's about all I know about him. 
Yeah, so he's played a bit this year. So this is my first year actually playing Dynasty okay. in Fantasy Leagues. So I've gotten to know some of these young players. And actually, my strategy has been, uh, I've been doing this with Maddie, who's often in the chat room here. Uh, he's my co-manager. And so I've been like watching the free agents of the Dynasty League, which is like very, like we did like 20 rounds of prospect picks. Mm-hmm. So any like available prospect is like someone who clearly doesn't have high upside. Right. But uh, Jalen Chatfield was out there and playing games for the Canucks. So I added him and I could see why he stopped playing games for the Canucks. Uh, So his last game was against the Leafs back on February 6th. And he was like minus four. Like just basically every time he went on the ice, the Leafs scored a goal. It seemed like he only played 13 minutes and he was minus four. He was like before that minus two, minus one, minus like he was just minus game in game (laughs) out. I know plus minus isn't the perfect stat. Like that might say more about like Holtby than it does about Jalen Chatfield. But from what I saw, he definitely like had an opportunity on the team and did not perform well. And now he hasn't played since. So he's already 24 years old. So he's not like a young prospect. He wasn't picked high. So I think that we're, pro- I don't know. I'd be surprised to see him get another shot this year and maybe sometime in the future if they get some injuries. But I don't think this is someone who's going to be worth much from what we've seen so far. Yeah, this is probably like the bottom of the bottom. Like if you get this young gun, like sell it for a buck or whatever. Uh, yeah. He's got nine games played and six penalty minutes. The rest of it is pretty much useless. And he's in, been in the AHL the last three years and has a total of, 17 points so yeah i think uh, the only thing you could say about him is the canucks defense doesn't look that great so he might just get more opportunities in the nhl because it might not be hard to crack the squad if they have an injury or two but i don't think he's going to be an impact guy no all right next 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 we've got gillies sen of the (laughs) new jersey devils and uh yeah i don't know a ton about this guy either he's got two games in the nhl but otherwise yeah i mean i'll tell you the very little that i know about him which is he's in the devil's system yeah he's playing in binghamton basically the devils have one other like kind of prospect goalie that i see people talking about named nico dawes who is probably like the guy at the top of the list. Obviously they have Mackenzie Blackwood on the big team and they've got like whatever Aaron Dell and that random guy that I always forget his name. That's played a couple games this year, Sure, but like, like a, a Wedgwood, Wedgwood. Wedgwood. So anyways, but clearly the future of the devils is Blackwood. And then one of these young players. So probably Nico Dawes is ahead of uh, Sen, but Sen is playing games in the AHL right now. So I don't know, like, I think that he could potentially make it to the NHL with goalies. It's so unpredictable, right? So if like Blackwood gets injured one year and if Sen outplays Nico Dawes, like there could be a situation where in the next season or two, we're seeing this Gilly Sen playing NHL games and then yeah. we'll see how he does. So he's not, I, I definitely would prefer to get his card rather than Jalen Chatfield if we're ranking them. Oh, for sure. I'd say this is a, a little bit of a step above. And, you know, he played one game for Switzerland in the World Juniors. So, like, at least he's, like, you know, got some kind of pedigree, fifth-round draft pick. You know, like, there's a shot. I think it's a long-term project and not not very likely to be much of anything. But right. uh, certainly above Chatfield at this point. <laughs> like, I mean, the the Devils have a good prospect pool. So, like, if the timing works out that Sen kind of makes it in right around the time that, like, Jack Hughes is a superstar and some of their draft picks from this past year are making it on the team and, and doing well, like, 
I could see him, you know, it's kind of like uh, Cal Peterson over on right. LA where like right now they stink, but they're starting to look better. And like Byfield's going to be coming up and like, it just seems like the stars are going to align where Peterson is going to be the starting goalie for LA right when they start being really good. So that's why I'm like into Peterson. And by the way, I don't know if anyone has gone out and bought his young guns. I got a couple over the summer and yeah. I'm excited to see what it's worth in a couple of years. So I'm sure it's like a PSA seven with my luck of these <laughs> cards that I bought over the summer. But I think Cal, Cal Peterson is the kind of guy that you'd hope Gilly's Sen turns into where, but I know, but Peterson's much higher. So forget about, let's stop talking about Gilly's Sen. Like, yeah, I'm sure he's nothing. We'll go on to the next one. Number 454, if you're wondering their number of their young guns. We've got Gage Quinney, 25-year-old for the Vegas Golden Knights. And uh, yeah, he's playing with the Henderson Silver Knights. He did play three games last year and got one point. But again, I don't think this guy's crazy exciting. He does have okay... AHL stats so so maybe he figures it out but I don't really know anything about him to be honest so. yeah no like you know like he's you know maybe 0.75 points per game in the AHL this year he's got four points in five games but like he's probably third liner um At if best. he makes the team you know I don't I don't really expect this to be much of anything he's already 25 years old so like you know typically when you're looking at young guns that people pay a lot of money for it's a younger guy so he's been around a while um yeah okay i think we can move on yeah not too excited about uh quinny fun name it's a cool name gage quinny um (laughs) yeah okay so next we have an exciting one number 455 Alexander Romanov of the Montreal Canadiens. And, uh, well, he was second-round draft pick, 38th overall in 2018. And he played a couple years in the KHL. And now he's played 20 games with the Canadiens. So he is, you know, that Montreal Canadian card that people will lose, lose their minds over. Um, and he's on the team. He made it. I mean, the thing is that this... if we were having this conversation like a couple weeks into the season, this car would have a lot more hype, I think because the Habs came out really strong and Romanov was looking like this, like really savvy acquisition that they brought in because they needed D and like in the first game of the season, he played like 21 minutes, had an assist, uh, like three shots. He actually had three, 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 four, three shots in his first like handful of games. He was like a high volume shooting. Like he was playing decent minutes Uh, lately. Unfortunately, the Habs have sort of fallen off a bit, which I guess led to their coach being fired last week. Yeah. And also Romanov's minutes have been going down. Uh, So it seems like maybe he's not going to be the savior this year, at least. I mean, it could still turn around, right? He's super young. He's only 21 years old, but like the season hasn't gone as well as it could have. But that said, if the Habs can turn it around, uh, he is like a part of this team. And I think like someone that the fans are depending on to be, you know, after Petrie and Weber, sort of the next like reliable guy, I guess they brought in like Joel Edmondson over the summer. But like if like Romanov has the opportunity to be like a really popular guy for the Habs because they've needed like some new blood on their defense. Like they've, it's just been a while. I feel like ever since they lost Markov, it was like, are you guys ever going to replace Markov? Yeah. I was like, oh, no. Okay. I guess not. Oh, you brought Carl Alsner. I don't know if that's going to do it, but like, so like if Romanov could actually fill that void and be a solid new defenseman on the team, then yeah. But anyways, TSG in the chat here saying he will be pricey. And I guess all the Habs players are pricey just because he's on the Habs. So it'd be nice just if they're winning and he's doing well. I'd imagine if you get his card, 
don't sell it now, maybe, because I think it, it will go higher once the Habs are good, if that ever happens. They were looking so good at the start. They were, yeah. I mean, like, so the thing with Romanov is, and and I think this makes a big difference in the card world, is he made the team early in his career, right? He's still 21. He, like, people still maybe remember him playing in the World Juniors in 2019 and 2020. And he actually, as a defenseman, he was point per game in the World Juniors for Russia, which is pretty impressive. Um and yeah, he's Montreal, like you said. So, I mean, to your point about selling, I think if you sell any young guns the first couple weeks after the box comes out, like that's probably a decent idea if you're trying to get good money for your cards. But yeah, otherwise, I think you could hold on. Um, it's a Montreal card, right? Like we saw how much Suzuki spiked like crazy. Like I'd even be wondering, like, is this card going to be similar in price to Kaprizov? Because this is the Montreal card in this box. It's the only one. I think it's the only one. If it's not, it's the only one of note. Uh, yeah. And like, this is the card that everyone is going to be after. If you are a Montreal fan or Montreal collector, and there are many. I mean, that's like a travesty. If his card is worth more than Kaprizov, and that would be like unfair it's, it's <laughs> totally cares? unfair but yeah. it's not about fairness right we talked about early on on this show about how like mark stone's young gun is like criminally underpriced yeah but what are you gonna do so sure like romanov seems to me for sure the kind of guy that you don't sell now like he could potentially he has the potential to have a strong career and be a major part of this habs team especially as like weber uh, and Petrie maybe start to sunset. It could be like Romanov is like the top D on this team. Like it's not outside of the realm of possibility. So definitely hold on. And I think, I guess it would be tempting to sell early if it's like worth as much as Kaprizov and you could get like two, $300, but yeah. that's crazy. Yeah. Like he hasn't done anything yet. I mean, like, <laughs> I mean like, so my thought on all of these is like the first couple weeks is insane. So I'd probably sell it. And then if I was interested in Romanov, I'd just buy it back in like, right. in like a month or two. Or whenever it dips a little bit, um, but yeah, it's re- it's really that Montreal factor, right? Like the fact he's made the team, he's gotten a few points, um, and he's got that pedigree. People will pay for that. But sure, the next guy on the list is actually an interesting one to compare him with because he's arguably been like a lot better, right? Like so, the Definitely. next one is Ty Smith for the New Jersey Devils. Um, I think if you're looking at Calder candidates, like this is another one um because he's got 11 points in 18 games and he also was he was a first round draft pick actually uh where Romanov was a second but he plays for the New Jersey Devils so like is his card going to be more sought after than Romanov's I don't know yeah I mean I could tell you just about Ty Smith as a player yeah in that he's been like people have been talking about him for a couple years now as like the future top power play defenseman on this team and then he came out roaring like kind of like Romanov but like uh, much better yeah like he had points in his first five games this season I think he like broke a record for rookies on the devils like at point streak or something like that some sort of record or he tied it uh so he had a great start uh he's slowed down recently in terms of his points but his ice time has gone like up and up, which I think is almost like more representative. Like it's almost like that. I like that better. Like for fantasy, it's not help as helpful because if you don't get points, it's not helping you. But in terms of like role on the team, the fact that now he's seeing around 19, 20 minutes a game when to start the year, he was getting like more like 17, 18. And plus now he's been on the top power play uh, for the last few games. Uh, so I think that he's going to be a major part of this team for a long time. Like maybe like an all-star 
yeah. before we know it. I don't know if he's going to win the Calder just because Kaprizov is not slowing down <laughs> and Ty Smith has. But yeah, I think, again, it's like if it wasn't for the market, I would definitely expect Ty Smith's card to be worth more, all things equal. But I guess you're right that Romanov will probably be worth more just because he's on the halves. I don't know, actually. It's going to be interesting to see. Like, Ty Smith, you're right, is definitely a highly touted prospect. He was over point per game in the last three seasons in the WHL. Uh, mm. He's a Canadian world junior guy. So, like, people people know his name. But it, that'll actually be really interesting to look at those two. Um, I'd certainly be super happy to get a Ty Smith in the boxes that we open i think it's probably these he's probably like a second tier type of guy like but still pretty solid to get i mean i could see ty smith like if anyone who also plays fantasy like earmark ty smith right now as a sleeper for next year like maybe like he's worth dropping in your one-year leagues at this point but i could see him being the kind of guy that you get laid in a draft and then he's going to really surprise people because he'll come out strong after having a year of experience he's already 20 but there's a big difference i think between being like 20 and 21 and the fact that he's already getting this opportunity now just goes to show that like the devils are ready to like lean on ty smith and i think he's you know up for the challenge yeah it was nice to see him enter the league in the way he did all right, let's get on to number 457, Mason Marchment of the Florida Panthers. And uh, this is another one where, you know, he's 25. He's been in the AHL seemingly forever on a few teams. Uh, he's not really like a big point getter, but he gets points. He's actually got three points in four games with Florida this year. Um, but yeah, like, I don't know, not really much special. Yeah, I don't think he's someone who I've heard many people talk about. He's playing on the third line right now with Eto Lusterainen and mm-hmm. Nolachari. So I think that seems like a fair comparison of like the type of player he'll be, maybe the types of people he's been playing with right now. Uh, I don't really know much about him. I know that at some point Frank Vetrano was playing with him and I was, t- I was into Frank Vetrano and hoping that he could get better line mates. And now Vetrano's playing with Barkov and Verhage, which is much better. Yeah. Uh, so and that leaves Mason Marchman to not even have Frank Vetrano to play with right now. Well, he does seem like he's a goal scorer. Like in most of his seasons, he's had like similar goal totals to assists or even more goals. So maybe he's got that going for him. Like he's certainly, this isn't, isn't the guy that I'd be like, this is a total bust of a young gun to get, but it's, it's also not one that I'd be like, Oh yay. Yeah. He scored today, by the way. Ah, so look at that. That's one of Adding to his totals, live updates, Mason Marchment <laughs> with the goal. Maybe, maybe you'll get a few more bucks out of it, but it's also a Florida player. So like, you know, outside of Barkov and Huberdeau, whose cards have actually started to really skyrocket, um, people aren't like super stoked about Florida cards, generally speaking. So, yeah, he doesn't have that like team boost. Yeah, and like you said, he's like 25. I think like these players coming in and they're young guns at the 25. Like, there's a reason why it took him this long to make it to the NHL. It's pro- yeah. Like, it's a good sign that he's probably not going to be a superstar. Yep. Um, another old, older guy. Not as old. He's 22. The next one on our list is Ian Mitchell. So defenseman for the Chicago Blackhawks was actually a second round pick. Um, Played for Canada in the World Juniors. And uh, yeah, I guess he's been playing all year in Chicago. So he's an NHLer. No, actually, I've heard good things about Ian Mitchell. I think that he's going to be something like he apparently had a really good run 
in college mm. and he was like a top college player in his year. And I did a beat writer interview over the summer with the Chicago beat writers for keeping Carlson, yeah. the, the, the hockey podcast I do. And uh, they're, they were saying how like, they think that he might be one of their like future high end defense. And they have Adam Boakfist mm. and Ian Mitchell as like maybe one of their future guys. Like I think he's going to be a big, like he's already in the NHL this year, which is pretty impressive. I'm just trying to get a, yeah, bring he's, up he's his played 23 games, here. four points. I'm, I'm wondering if like maybe Adam Boakfist is the Duncan Keith and Ian Mitchell is more is like the Seabrook? the Seabrook, which like if he's Seabrook, uh, at least in his prime, like that's great for Chicago, but you know, defensive defenseman in the hockey card world and in the fantasy world for that matter, aren't going to really get you too much. Um, right. Yeah. So it's hard to say, like, if you'll have that offensive upside, I think he's going to be like an NHLer. Like, yeah. I think that this is not like the type of player, like a Jalen Chatfield, where we're wondering if he'll even like get back on the team. Like I think Ian Mitchell's going to be like a big part of this Chicago Blackhawks decor for a while. But yeah, as far as if he's going to be a big offensive guy, that's a whole other story. Yeah. So maybe this guy's a little bit above the like bottom of the barrel or like barely NHL or young guns. Um, yeah. That's about all I got on Ian Mitchell. Yeah. I think he's okay. If I got his card, I wouldn't be totally disappointed like some of these other players. Right. Yeah. He's not a total disappointment of a poll for sure. I, I'm with you I'll, on that. I'll take him above Mason Marchment. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think I would too. Um, Although not by a whole lot, just because he's a defensive defenseman. But yeah, I'm with you. Okay. That's uh sounds good. I mean, he's not so defensive, right? Like at the University of Denver, he had 32 points in 36 games last year. True. And like, I don't, I'm not sure actually why you're saying that. Like, I don't know too much about him to like, I just know that like I heard good things about him for, from the Chicago beat writers. I don't know if that's necessarily the case that he's a defensive defenseman. I think he's just like super young right now. I'm not, not putting true. up points in the NHL, but. I think he could potentially in the future. That'd be cool. It'd be cool to see him get a power play role because that's really what's going to do it. I I mean, in all fairness, I am very out of touch with the college program. So if he's if he lit it up over there, like maybe that's going to translate. Um, but also a lot of guys that score points in the in college come over oh, of course. and don't. Yeah. So, yeah, I think it could go either way. Yeah, I've heard good things. That's awesome. No, I like that. All right, so let's get to the next one. It is, I think, pronounced Yanni Hakanpa. Um, and this guy has a very large sheet of games played. So large, I had to change my format for showing off this player. He's, he's 28 years old already. <laughs> he's already 28, so 28-year-old into the young guns, kind of like uh, Pavel Francois was entered quite late. Um He's played in Smaliga. He's played in AHL. He's gone back to Smaliga. He's played in the AHL. But right now he's playing for the Ducks. He's played 23 games this year. So people playing fantasy, uh, specifically in leagues that count hits, know this guy already. Okay. Because he, I don't know if this translates to hockey card value. I'd imagine not. But he's like the Mark Borowiecki of this season. Like, if you look at the last few games for Anaheim, he's got like four, six, nine, four, six. It's like four plus hits game in, game out. You'll tell me, you tell me if that's worth anything for hockey cards. But like, if you like your players throwing the body around, he's doing that. I think if he can have a bit of personality around it, uh, or like throw really big hits or like have a little bit of something that gets fans to like love him as a player right. that could that could do something. The pure stats alone 
is not going to translate into hockey cards. Um, he's certainly never going to be a hockey card that is more than I would say he'll never go above like 10 bucks unless, unless at like the very beginning people are like just paying to get the, get the set. Um, but I don't really see him being ever above 10 bucks, maybe not even above five. <laughs> maybe if this was the era where Don Cherry's rock'em sock'em hockey was coming out every year right. still. And then you got all those clips of like his big hits and like, I don't know, he was like drooling over all the big hits. I don't know if maybe those, the fans of that would be into a Hakan Pakard though. I guess, if you're a fan of Don Cherry's videos, then probably you don't want players that are not from Canada. So I don't right. know. But uh, anyways, yeah, that's that's all I know about this guy is he gets you a lot of hits. So yeah, probably not worth good. I don't think he's gonna get you a lot of points. That's for sure. No, me neither. Um, but he's not a total, you know, total loss. I mean, he's someone I've heard of. Right. Exactly. So that's something. Um, all right. Next guy on our list. Number 460 is Austin Pogonski. What do you know about this guy? Less than I know about Yanni Hakanpa. <laughs> uh, I'll be honest, we could probably skip him. Like, I don't know anything about him. Yeah, I, I'll just quickly say, like, I don't think this is a huge get. Um, I think it's a negative he's, get. He's a right winger. He's been playing in the AHL. He's played five games this year and did nothing with them. So, yeah, I think I think this is close to the bottom as you're getting... Uh, he plays for St. Louis, if that if that's uh, your thing. But yeah, it, it, he's probably I don't know the second worst guy we've looked at. Uh, I don't know. It's just like he's twenty five. He's still not getting consistent NHL time. He's a guy who's going to be fighting to even make it to the roster next year. There's no guarantee he'll even play in the NHL yeah. again. So I think it's as ba- uh, low as you can go. I guess anything could happen. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. All right, let's get on to the next one because it's a biggie. Number 461 is Ilya Sorokin of the New York Islanders. Obviously a great career in the KHL before coming over, but he's still only 25. And I know, Elon, you're stoked about Ilya Sorokin. Well, when you said that you don't think Kaprizov is going to be the number one most valuable card, I thought you were going to say it's Sorokin. Mm. But I'm wondering if you think it's uh, Romanov because he's... Uh, no. But, uh, no. Is there a Leafs player that I'm not thinking of? No. Anyways, okay, we'll get there. Poor Leafs fans. Uh, so Sorokin actually came in like a huge... Like a lot of people thought like he could potentially be a Calder candidate. And then he came in, he had like a bad first game against the Rangers, let him yeah. five goals. Then didn't play for a week because Varlamov was like amazing. And then he had like a not amazing game, a couple of games, like for his next couple of games. So then, so he played three games in January. They didn't play again for two weeks. They wow. did, they were just rolling Varlamov because he was doing so well. Uh, but then February 16th against Buffalo, shut out. Mm-hmm. Then he took another, like, what is this? 12 days off, <laughs> then played again versus Pittsburgh last week. Another shutout. So he, he was riding a two shutout streak going today. And then finally today, March, wait, say March 4th. Yeah, yep. March 4th today, he got the start when like they could have played Varlamov. Like all these last two starts it was because it was a back-to-back or something. That's the only reason why Trotz decided to give Sorokin the net. But here he could have gone Varlamov, but he went Sorokin. He's so far, I don't know. Like, I don't know if people care about mid-game updates on a hockey card podcast, but it's like midway through. He's probably going to win against Buffalo because Buffalo stinks. It's three to one at the end of the second period. Uh, so Sorokin is really turning it around. Like he had a bad couple games to start, probably wasn't feeling great about himself considering he had a couple bad games and had to just sit on the bench game in game out watching Varlamov, like steal the show. But all of a sudden now Sorokin's looking like in fantasy, like get him every time he plays because he's starting to look like a lights out goalie. The one we were expecting. 
And I just think the sky's the limit. Like, and there are some other goalies from Russia that people are excited about going into this year, specifically Shostyorkin and Samsonov. Yep. And both of them have had some like shakiness. And like, I don't know how much you want to blame on them. Like uh, Samsonov like, got COVID and was out for a while. But like yeah. in a couple games he has played, he wasn't that great. Sorokin just seems like he's locked in and ready, kind of like a Kaprizov. Like he had a couple bad games, but I don't, again, super small sample size. Like he's only been now a couple games and he's been good, but he's like really good. Now this is his third game in a row and he's going to play this weekend because uh, the Islanders have a back-to-back. So it might be just perfect timing for this set to come out right as Sorokin Ooh. is starting to put on a hot streak and maybe starting to get more games. Wow. So I don't know if that means you buy or sell or what, but... I think he's going to be great anyway. So this is like a card that's going to land. Like you might have to wait a couple of years for him to be a real superstar just because Varlamov is still going to play a lot because he's been like fantastic as well. But uh, Sorokin, like all the hype was there coming from the KHL. And I think he's, I think he's a really good goalie. So what what more can you say? Yeah. I'm like, I also think he's a great goalie and he could be a superstar in the league, but I'm a little hesitant because the Islanders just play really boring hockey and, (laughs) They don't get a ton of attention as far as cards go. Like Barzal cards aren't even that insane. And he's like the face of their team now. Um, So like from a hockey card perspective, I do think this is a good one. Uh, But it's kind of in my like second tier. I I wouldn't put him with the the top gets in this in this box. Like I guess like last year people were super into Elvis Merz Lickens, right? Well, so I would say like they were interested, but I wouldn't say they were super into him. OK, well, I'm just saying like I, I see them as like similar right sure. now. Maybe like the, that'll be what the card value is. But I think Sorokin has higher upside than Merz Lickens. So if you want like a benchmark, I'd be more yeah. into Sorokin than Merz Lickens. Uh, also, I don't know what this means, but he's an RFA at the end of this year. So there's always a chance he doesn't stay with the Islanders. Or maybe he signs a bridge deal, gets one more year on the Islanders, yeah. gets himself to UFA status and then becomes like a really high ticket unrestricted free agents so it's not a guarantee he's gonna you know it's not as if he's like signed eight years for the islanders like barzal did no yeah i'm with you and and you know what like the islanders have a really solid team they could go on a cup run this year in a couple years that wouldn't be crazy um especially if he's backing them and playing incredible now he'd have to beat out varlamov for the job so i don't know whether that's happening um but yeah varlamov's yeah Barlamov's only locked in for another couple of years. So eventually, if he stays there. By the way, I was wrong about Barzell. I don't know why I said that. He signed a three-year contract. Maybe I'm thinking of Anders Lee. He's oh, the one who's locked in on the Islanders forever. Their captain. Cool. Yeah. Anyway, Sorokin's good. That would be a good pull for sure. Yeah, I'd be happy with it. I'd be more happy about this next guy. And that is Niels Hoaglander from the yeah. Vancouver <laughs> Canucks. And, you know, 10 points in 26 games. Uh, but... It's it's just he's just a flashy guy, right? Like it's all pure talent, pure skill. Um, he's on Vancouver, who you know are struggling, but people love this guy. So like that's kind of what I'd be excited about this guy for. Um, and he's going to be on the highlight reels. Yeah, I think he's good like he seems like the perfect hockey card guy because yeah. like this season like whenever the canucks were like struggling then you search on twitter and people are being like man this team's terrible the only good player is hoglander yeah. like everyone's always like the only one actually trying is hoglander like back <laughs> in the game of the year when petterson was struggling a little bit right uh I mean, just today, like for a while, Hoglander was playing on the line with Bo Horvat and Tanner Pearson. Yeah. looks like today they've switched it up and Hoglander's playing with Gaudette and Brandon Sutter. So that's not great. But uh, obviously that's a very short term thing. And I think it looks like this could be a top six guy on this Canucks team for like a long time. And you're right. He seems like the kind of player that the fans are going to really like. So 
because uh, he just like works hard, uh, you know, and like makes yeah. plays, like puts in a lot of effort whenever he's on that. He's like Rudy, I guess, <laughs> but for hockey. So yeah, I, I definitely agree with you. And I think there's also upside for offense. Like we saw it yeah. for stretches. Like he scored some nice goals. He's only 20 years old. Uh, so yeah, I'm surprised he fell so far in the 2019 draft. I think if they were to redraft right now, he might go a lot earlier than 40th overall. Yeah, 40th overall is a bit down there. Um, he's a guy that did well in the World Juniors. So yeah, and if you're buying a Canucks card right now, like you either have to shell out to get Pedersen, um, and even Besser has gone up a bit. So I think this is your guy if you're Canucks fan buying something that like I think will be a bit cheaper. But who knows? Maybe this is also going to be a really expensive one out of the gate. Yeah, I mean, I will say Sorokin is has a much better chance of being an all-star in the league than Nils Hoglander. So if you're buying a Hoglander card or if it's worth more, it's just because he's on the Canucks, I think. Well, uh, but... I think it's like the Canucks and he's like a fancy forward versus a goalie, right? right? Like I'd actually be pretty shocked if the Hoglander cards were less out of the gate than the Sorokin cards. Like, I think that Sorokin has a decent enough chance to win a Vesna one year. Sure. I don't think that uh, Hoaglander is going to be winning yeah. an Art Ross or whatever. Maybe not. But, like, you've seen what Vesnas do for goalies. Like, Hel- yeah, Hellebuck's card is, like, still, like, 20 bucks. Like, nobody cares about it. Uh, and he's a Vesna and carrying his team to wins. Yes, that's a good point. I guess there's no reason to really go after any goalie if they're not, like, Carey Price or something like a, a goalie that's beloved and in a market that people care about. I'll be honest, the next one, two, three, four, five guys, I don't, I've never heard of them. All right. Well, let's fly. So we could probably do them, them all right? at once. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So we've got Nicholas Meloche of the San Jose Sharks, uh, actually 40th overall pick. So, yeah, but like not five, six years ago. Yeah. Six years ago. Like, Six so years I think ago. at this point he's been a bit of a bust. Yeah. He played for team Canada. So like he's got some, you know, like maybe, but he's 23. He hasn't cracked the roster. He played five games this year. Um, but yeah, I, I, like, I think, I don't think this is the absolute worst guy in the box, but not super stoked either. Fair. Uh, next guy we've got is Brandon Crawley of the New York Rangers. He, so how did he get here? He hasn't even played a game yet. Yeah, I was noticing this as I was putting it together. I think they, once again, just like Series 1, have put a couple guys in that haven't played games because they really didn't have much of a choice, I guess, um, because they're kind of like releasing things early. And they put a lot of guys into Series 1 that I think maybe would have normally been Series 2. Um and they're also having, I mean, this is a, a time we can bring up, they're having an extended uh, series, whatever that, whatever that's about, where they're going to release more young guns in a different box, oh, wow. um, like Kravtsov, for example. And, you know... Well, like, he's already out. Kravtsov is out from Series 1. Sorry, not Kravtsov. Uh, Kaliev for, oh, for okay. LA. Um and so, like, they're putting kind of these random guys that haven't played into the box, but they're not putting guys like Kaliev, who also ha- hasn't, like, why, like, I don't understand. Why is Kaliev not in this series? It's just really because they're, they want to release another product. Yeah, like, this is a filler card right yeah. here. Brandon Crawley, come on. This is definitely a filler card, like, it, yeah, I'm sure he's a great guy. Yeah, <laughs> but okay. I've never heard of him. I'm sure he's a great guy, and maybe he makes the team one day. But this is definitely right at the bottom for me. Yeah, 
definitely. And this next guy, uh, definitely also. Yeah. Philippe Derosier. Philippe Derosier. Uh, that's my best French uh, version of who this guy is. I mean, yeah, like he probably isn't anything, but he is a goalie, so it takes longer. He's 25. Um, this is a Florida Panthers card, by the way, when it does come out. Um, he's got good numbers in the AHL, like pretty solid. So maybe one day he's a goalie, but this is like a long-term project. And if I got it, I'd be like, yeah, maybe I'll hold on to this and maybe one day, but I'm not like stoked about it at all. Yeah. And if he has a future, it's probably not with Florida just because Spencer Knight is the future of the Florida Panthers. Right. They've also got Sam Montembeau, who I've at least heard of. Yeah. So it would be pretty surprising if a guy who was drafted in 2013 and has never played an NHL game all of a sudden now like becomes a cocky card that anyone cares about. Yeah. I mean, goalies are an anomaly. I like, I have such a hard time with goalies um, outside of like the absolute superstars. So that's kind of why I say I don't know, but yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be happy with this young gun poll. No. And same with the next one. Definitely same with the next one, which is Jordan gross of the Arizona coyotes. He's already 25. He hasn't done a whole lot in his career. Um, yeah. And I feel like it's he's nothing. already like a forgotten about D-man. Yeah, definitely. Like everything about like yeah, he's a defenseman that's not going to get points. That's on Arizona. That's 25. <laughs> that's barely cracking the roster now. He's played three games this year. Come on, let's move on. Next. <laughs> All right. Then we've got Calvin Turkoff of the Columbus Blue Jackets um seventh round pick he's a center he's playing in the (laughs) swiss league on zoog right now so like not even in the nhl like he's not here yeah i'm Um, saying this set of five guys was like all just if you pull any of them you're like who is this person no are they ever even gonna play another nhl game not a good one at all um he did play in the world juniors for switzerland so like maybe he's a little bit better than a couple of the guys before like at least he's a forward but yeah, not a good one. The next guy too, I don't know, like this is Matthias Brome of the Detroit Red Wings. Um, he played 22 games with the Wings already. Uh, yeah, he's someone I've heard of. So this is a step up. Okay, he it's actually a small step up, small step up. All right, I'm, I'm with you. <laughs> he had a stretch this season where he was playing with Larkin. Uh, Larkin's injured right now like most recently I think he's been playing with Larkin and Zadina on the top line because I, I clearly Blashill just decided yeah. all of a sudden that Mantha's bad and he doesn't want to give Mantha a good deployment so weird. and so his loss has been Brome's gain somewhat recently though it looks like he's out of the lineup again today so in the end like he's still not a high-end guy at all he's already no. 26 and he's just starting but it was nice to see him get good deployment he would have been a good stream in like a super deep fantasy league not that he did much with it but yeah uh, it, it like yeah. he came over from sweden and in sweden he was doing pretty good like 20 points in 23 games this year so yeah like he's 26 years old he's had a few seasons in sweden where he scored points but he kind of reminds me of on the oilers like gaetan haas and joachim nygaard or nygaard um where like over there they were doing pretty well and then they showed up in the nhl and you know, their their bottom liners are just serviceable guys that can play, but aren't going to be point getters. Yeah, like uh, if he's playing with like Larkin, that's obviously pretty good. Not that Larkin's been so great this year, but 
Yeah. Now this today he's playing on a line with Michael Rasmussen and Adam Ernie. Right. So I don't think much is going to happen from there. But this whole Detroit team looks like a disappointing young guns pull. <laughs> like, uh, sure. like they've got uh, Mantha and Zadina. And then aside from that, like how many more forwards can you even name on this team off the top of your head? Um, did you say Christopher Ean? D- no. Dar- Who's that? Darren Helm. Oh yeah, Darren Helm is there. Um, I don't know. That that's a t- yeah. that's a t- Bobby Ryan. There you go. Yep, Ryan. Yeah, right. he's had a fun resurgence start of the season. Yeah, no, not a, not a great, not a great crop. All right, let's get to a good one. Let's get to a good one. The next right, guy, number four sixty nine, is Keandre Miller of the New York Rangers. First round pick, playing with the team this year. I'd be pretty happy with this. Not oh yeah, not like definitely. not like lights out. Like this is the best one, but I'd be happy. Like I've heard a lot of hype about him. Like going into the year, like. I think that he is expected to be kind of like an Ian Mitchell, but probably better. Like he's right. oh, going to yeah, be on, but he's going to be on the team. Like there's no concern about like, is this guy, like he's an NHLer for sure. He's cracked the team. He's already playing like pretty big minutes. Uh, he's uh, benefited, I guess, from uh, D'Angelo, like getting cut from the team. And yeah. so all of a sudden Keandre Miller has been seeing like a lot of power play time, a lot of even strength time so far hasn't translated to many points, but the Rangers overall haven't even been scoring that many points. Uh, but I think he's got a very bright future. I think it look like on paper this Rangers team should be good soon. I don't it hasn't know. come together this year. Yeah, as the Banajad's all of a sudden not good anymore. But yeah, Keandre Miller and Adam Fox are going to be their top defensemen, and I think they're both like awesome players. And yeah, like I'd be happy to pull this card for sure. Like maybe he's not going to be a huge hit this year, but I, he's only 21. And he's already playing 20. That's the thing. If you're playing 20 plus minutes as a defenseman, the NHL is a 21 year old. Yeah. you're like a very good player so we'll For see sure. how that translates to hockey card value but he's going to be a very like prominent NHLer for like 10 plus years yeah so I think it's a nice card I like I don't think he's going to be a big point getter he hasn't been he wasn't in the world juniors he was like okay in college points wise um but I just I just don't see him getting a ton of points uh like he'll get some like he won't be he just won't be like the McCars or the Quinn Hughes is of the league, right? Yeah, I guess probably Adam Fox. It would be the higher end option on the Rangers if you could only have one yeah, young guns like, defenseman. I'd still definitely think Fox has a higher offensive ceiling. Yeah. yeah. But no, but this is a good pull though. If I open a pack and I'm getting a K. Andre Miller young guns, I'm pretty happy. Yeah, I'd be into it. All right. The next one is uh Nico Mikola of the St. Louis Blues another filler definitely a filler i mean he's playing this year he's played 13 games but no points he's a defenseman so you know maybe he's an nhler but that's about all that i care for as far as hockey cards go um he's already 24 and uh that's that's about it yeah he's been playing like 13 14 minutes a game so this is like a defenseman that yeah it's nice that you made the nhl as a 24 year old but like Kandre miller is playing 20 plus minutes a game as a 21 year old so it's a very big difference totally uh the next guy is mckenzie entwistle of the chicago blackhawks (laughs) great name just great name um originally drafted by the coyotes in the third round and uh yeah this is another guy that hasn't played a game yet um he doesn't have a ton of points in the ahl um he did play for team canada so there's that but otherwise yeah not not super sweet no uh i have nothing to say about him not not a card you're happy to get if you pull him no definitely not next guy is anthony angelo 
who also has a pretty long stat sheet. Um, but yeah, he's played a couple games this year, three games for Pittsburgh. Um, I don't think there's really anything as far as Pittsburgh cards go in this set, which is sad for those fans fans. Um, but yeah, this guy, this guy seems like a career AHL or maybe gets a few tastes of the NHL. Yeah, it'll be fun to see if he ends the season with more points than Anthony D'Angelo, who's currently Ooh. not in the league. But like that would have been like the kind of guy that you draft by mistake in a fantasy league because you mistyped. And then you're like, wait, no, I didn't mean Anthony Angelo. I meant D'Angelo. <laughs> but now both of them would have been a bust pick. Yeah. yeah another filler card here that you're like, you know, when you're like picking it up slowly on your near mint stream and you're like, oh, it's a young guns. Who's it going to be? Yeah. Oh, Anthony Angelo. All right. Yeah. It's definitely like, oh, all right, fine. Next 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 is uh, another one chase speaking Prisky. of next <laughs> <laughs> what can you tell me about chase prisky elon i can say that he's never played in the nhl so he's another one of these i guess they just had a handful of guys they're like let's fill out this young gun set with non-nhlers yeah. how about a guy who was drafted in the sixth round in 2016 <laughs> uh okay yeah uh, so, i don't have anything yeah he's a florida panthers young guns card um he's got some ahl games He's a defenseman. But yeah, that's definitely one of the very worst ones you could get out of this box, I think. Yeah, I'll definitely take the next guy ahead. Yeah, the next guy, I think, like, I'm not like, oh, baby, like, give me this card. But uh, the next guy is John Leonard of the San Jose Sharks, a guy I had no idea about coming into the season, but he's been doing okay. Yeah, he he started the year, uh, uh, like, on the top line playing with Evander Kane or whatever in the top six. Like, I guess you have the Couture line and then the uh, like hurdle line. And he was like on one of them and he was getting some points even for the first couple games of the year. We brought him up on keeping Carlson. And we're like, who is this John Leonard guy? <laughs> is he someone worth paying attention to? Like since then he's like kind of been in and out of the lineup a little bit, like jumping to the taxi squad, but he played in the last game. Like he's back to the bottom six, probably having some yeah. fun playing with Patrick Marlowe. It's kind of cool for in your rookie year to be playing with such a no legend. But, you know, he was a star apparently in college last year. Like, I think he yeah. won. If he didn't win the Hobie Baker, he like won some award. Like, I remember I was talking to some Sharks person. He was like, oh, yeah, he's like coming in with some pedigree. So he could potentially be something like he's definitely not a sure thing. But he's, yeah, you know, he's a player who's like in the NHL now. And, you know, it's not 25 years old. He's only 22. Uh, he was drafted in the sixth round a couple of years ago. So I don't think, so I think he's like overperforming expectations, but he's someone who could be an NHL. I don't think he'll be like a superstar, but he's not nothing. Yeah. I mean, he might've dropped in the draft a little bit because he had told them he's going to college and he wasn't like the high end college player. So I could see that being kind of why that happened. He's always been a point getter in every league and every season. So at least he's a point getter. Um, yeah. He's on a bad team right now. That isn't really doing a whole lot, but yeah, I, I could, I could see this being an okay card. Like it's probably in like the five to $10 range as far as young guns go. Once, once prices settle down after the box openings. Yeah. I mean, it'll really depend what he does, right? Like he could be a longtime NHL -er that, you know, maybe gets 40 points a season. Like, I don't even think he'll be worth five, $10 once next year's cards come out. Like he'll have yeah, to really that's... impress, but He's like a lottery ticket, right? Like there's a small chance that he can end up being a hit. Right. Because, yeah. But he's not someone that people are especially excited about. Yeah, you're right. Maybe I'd lean more towards like $5, like $4 kind of thing. Um, yeah, if you could sell him now, like right when you pull him for like 10 bucks, I'd take it. 
Oh, I think I think you will be able to. The right. the the sales like when the box first comes out are wild. Um, I mean, don't forget that series one was especially wild just because there hadn't been hockey in so long. Like, I wonder true. now that this is a more regular like people have you know it's only a few months ago that we were opening series one so i wonder if it'll be a different experience it'll be really fun to follow those prices when when it drops yeah it's gonna be really interesting okay next up we've got brian pinho of the washington capitals who i think we can move on yeah (laughs) as soon as you show me someone in 2021 that was drafted in 2013 it's like and his young guns is only now like we don't have to talk about this person yeah he's played two games with washington um i don't yep. uh, yeah he's a center not happy about yep. his card the next no, guy, you're not happy if you pull that. <laughs> yeah the next guy is cal foot who uh is a tampa bay lightning young gun he was drafted 14th overall so you know people people like cal foot he's uh playing with the lightning who are a good club he is a bit more of a defensive defenseman, but, you know, he's a player. Yeah, I mean, I think he's probably better, like, real life than, uh, like, in terms of fantasy or, like, a hockey card type yeah. thing. Like, his dad is Adam Foote. That's cool. So he has that NHL pedigree. So he's cool. Like, the Lightning are a team that are very good. So he might find himself in the Stanley Cup Finals as soon as this year. Might get his name on a cup this year. Ooh, that could, that could, that could help him a little bit. Don't the Lightning have both the foots? Do they? Oh, Nolan Foot is the other one. I think so. I, I could be totally off on that, but I thought that they they managed to grab both of them. Um, so yeah, I'd I'd be like, okay, I got a Cal Foot card. That's cool. Not not yeah, stoked, like he's a but, you know yeah. I think he'll be an NHLer, like you know. So he's yeah. better than some of these guys that aren't NHLers, but I don't think he's going to be a superstar. Yeah, I'm with you on that. All right. Well, well, what about Keegan Colasar of the Vegas Golden Knights? Yeah, so he, I know him kind of similar to that guy, Hapanaka. Yeah. What was his name on Anaheim again? I think it's Hapanka. Yeah, so he, uh, Kolazar is another guy who's been getting a lot of hits this year. Okay. So if you're playing a certain type of fantasy league, then he could be useful. He hasn't played all of the games, but when he plays, he throws the body around. Uh, there yeah. was There was some like drama with him earlier this season. Like either he got injured or he injured someone and there was a suspension involved. I forget now what it was, but yeah, I heard his name in the news. Well, looking at the numbers, he definitely takes his fair share of PIMS. Uh, He had a year in the AHL where he played 74 games and got 90 PIMS. So penalty minutes guy, Uh, you know, maybe he can be kind of a, exciting guy to watch in vegas who just like throws the body around like reeves 2.0 i don't know yeah like i definitely don't expect him to be a big star but he's someone who yeah if you're if you're into the guys who throw a lot of hits and will maybe get into some news stories because he like right i don't know gets into a fight or something yeah 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 so like yeah not one i'm excited about but he's he's an nhl guy that's gonna be doing something on the ice I guess so. Like he's not he's not even playing every game. No. So not not too exciting card. Um this next guy is Alec Regula for the Chicago Blackhawks. And um, you know, he had sixty points in fifty six games in the OHL. He's now in the AHL and uh he was a third round draft pick. But other than that, I don't know a heck of a lot of about him. Yeah, me neither. Uh you probably should have brought on like a prospects expert here. Like I could tell you about the guys who've been in the NHL and who I've been following, but I don't know anything about, like well, I've been learning a bit more about prospects lately. 
Uh, so I know like the higher end guys that have been picked early on in dynasty leagues. And I can tell you that Alec regula is not one of them. Yeah. So I don't think that he's a card that you're excited to pull. Yeah. I mean, I think I'd have to bring on like a prospect expert that knows pretty deep into all these leagues. Cause I like, I, I, know, a guy. I know prospects, <laughs> but not to this level. I'll bet you Victor Nuno could come on and tell you about all of these players. That's probably true. Um, but as far as hockey cards go, which is really what we care about when we're pulling young guns, um, yeah. you know, I, I, I wouldn't be happy to pull this, but I'd probably just put it aside and be like, you know what, maybe one day this guy decides to show up in the NHL. Yeah, it's maybe another lottery ticket like a John Leonard. Yeah. Like, maybe he could be good. But I've, I've never heard of him, so what do yeah. I even know? Um, all right, the next guy is the first Euler card in this box William is that the one we still haven't said the one that you think is going to be the most valuable one right we have not well I didn't okay. say the most valuable I said the one that I'm going to be most excited about oh I know who it is um, okay I think I know who it know, is now it's on the it, senators it right? might also be the most valuable out of the gate like I would not be surprised at all and I if I'm betting I, I might go that way um, but yeah I mean it's definitely not William Lagesson on the Oilers. No, okay. We could we could go fast over Lagesson. He was playing it this year. Like the only reason he stopped is he got injured, which is unfortunate. So it was nice for him that he got into the NHL and was playing yeah. decent minutes. But you know, not doing much. Like you know I don't what? Expect like, anything from him. He has shown that he's a good player. He plays kind of like Adam Larson style, like really just solid hockey. Um, and you know, his his card being an Oilers card will definitely jack it up a few bucks. So like. It's like the Romanov effect, except he's not as sick as Romanov. Um, so, like, I'll probably, if I don't pull one of these, I'll probably get one. But, and th- and I think that's what's going to bump it up is like all the Oilers fans want one. Um, but yeah, it's not like it's not like an exciting guy. Yeah, no, he's not. He's you know he'll be lucky. Like it'll be good for him if he could play a full season in the NHL, not getting scratched at all, which I don't even think right. is going to happen. I could see him doing that. Okay, so there you go. That's the bar. Yeah. Um, certainly, I think I'm more excited about him than the next guy. But I also, it's a goalie. And that is Matisse Kiv, Kivlenix. Is that yeah, right? I think it's like uh, Kivlenix. Kivlenix. But, but like he's the back. Like the thing with Columbus is their goalies always get injured. Yes, that's so true. So I think right now he is the backup for Corpusala right now because Merzlikens is hurt. So I wouldn't even be surprised if now Corpusala will get hurt because these guys always get hurt. Right. So maybe Keith Lennox gets a run. Uh, but I mean, he's had a few chances over the years. Like I remember last year he got in some games. Or maybe, maybe I'm thinking of someone else. Because actually, yeah, he only played like six games last year. I don't think he's played this year, but he is currently. I think I'm right that he's currently the backup. He's, like it's been he's probably just riding been, the bench, right? Like they're just not. Well, yeah, Corpusala's played every single game yeah. since Merzlikens went down. Yeah. But uh, someone is there, and I believe. Yeah, I think it's it. Oh, but there's like another guy, Cam Johnson. I think right. Cam Johnson and Keith Lennox keep switching back and forth between the taxi squad. Right. Anyway, obviously not a high-end guy. Like, no, uh, and it, I think that Elvis Merzlikens is the future of this team. Yeah, and his numbers have been bad every year in the AHL. He even got sent to the ECHL one year, so not stoked. All right, bye. Um, next is Cole Smith of the Nashville Predators, who has one NHL game with them this year. And uh, he plays in the AHL. Yeah, I don't know. He has a good jawline. <laughs> I could, like, yeah, this is a bust as far as I'm concerned if you pull this out of a pack. So, 
Um, yeah. Okay. The next one is the fun one. This is the one you were thinking of, right? The next one is the guy I want. This is like if I'm opening boxes, this is the one I'm hoping for, and that is Jimmy Stew, Tim Stutzel, <laughs> Stutzla. I think it Stutzla? is Stutzla. Um, <laughs> I love that he's got the U with the two dots uh, in his name, which are also going to be on the card. Um, yeah, this guy is just so exciting. 14 points in 22 games. Uh, highlight real goals. He plays for the Senators, who actually their cards do get a lot of uh, respect in the card world, price-wise. Um, so yeah, this is my guy. Yeah, he's surprised me. Like I didn't expect him to come in as like an 18-year-old and make an impact in the NHL, but he's already having a good year. If it wasn't for uh, Kaprizov, maybe Stutzla would even be in consideration for the Calder. Like he's having a good season, or 19 years old, I should say. And he's also like super hot just right now. He's got seven yep. points in his last seven games. Uh, so he's been playing with Batherson recently, who's also having a really nice he breakout. Is. So uh, go grab his young guns from previous years if you can still get that cheap. But uh, Stutzla's great. Yeah. No, I yeah. don't see any reason why he can't be a big part of this team. Him and Brady Kachuk and the Sens are like impressing, right? They're getting coaches fired. They're winning games that they shouldn't be winning. Yeah. Like, obviously, they're not going to do anything big this year, but maybe a couple of years down the road. Like, Matt Murray hasn't been, like, as terrible as some people were feared. Right. Uh, so maybe in a couple of years when some of these young guys get older, like, this could be a team that can make a bit of a playoff run. Like, yeah. Brandstrom's been good. Like, Shabbat's good. Like, yeah, they have a lot of good players. Uh, so, yeah, Stutzla could be a big part of a playoff team a couple of years from now. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty high on him, um, and and he, so do like the general public seem to be high on him. Um, yeah, the German factor I think is a big one too. Like when you look at the German players in the league, it's like Drysital, Stutzla, I guess Cahoon on Drysital's line. Like <laughs> there's not a lot of them, and uh, there's an Olympics coming up, so he might feature pretty heavily in that right. as well. So you might really yeah, get like a boost. He'll be on the top line. Good point. Playing I love with Germany dry right now. Oof, that would be hot. I've been watching this show on Netflix, Dark, which is Ooh. a German show. It's so good. Okay, so I'm I just like all about Germany right now. Oh, it's so good, man. All right, Dark. It's like I, I won't even say anything. But if you need, if you're the type of person that like you won't watch it unless you're con- you need more to be convinced. No, I'll tell you a few things about it. No, I, just, I don't even like watching trailers. Like if you tell me it's great, I'll go watch it. Yeah. And like, obviously, like, give it a few episodes to like get to know. There's a lot yeah, of yeah. people to get used to, but it's like the story is just insane. Like, by, we're in season two right now. Every episode is just like mind blown. Excellent. I wonder if Jimmy Stu is into it. I, I he should be. If not, then <laughs> get on board, Jimmy. Uh, we'll have to check out his Instagram and see what, see if he's talking about it. All right, let's get on to the next one. We've got number four hundred and eighty three, Darren Radish, who I I do remember this being a highly touted prospect. Like he was a goal scorer in the OHL um, or I guess point getter I should say not goal scorer Uh, but then he hit the AHL and kind of hasn't done anything and he hasn't gotten his shot in the NHL and will he make it on the New York Rangers probably not so I don't know it's kind of like a long shot here this name sounds familiar was there like another radish at some point in the NHL yeah I think he has a brother um or a relative at the very least um and they were both they were both like offensive guys that you know you thought would make it like i think his brother is a forward he's a defenseman um but like he had as a defenseman he had 81 points in 62 games in the ohl like so you can get why people were hyped um but yeah nothing nothing much since 
And yeah, uh, this is another one of these yeah. cards of someone who's not even played a game ever in the NHL yet. So yeah. All right, let's go on to the next one. I'll let you introduce Ooh. this one because uh, you can pronounce it. Pew Suter. Yeah. I was saying Pius forever, which is more fun, but it's Pew. Yeah. And I mean, that's pretty a fun. What a wild guy to come in. Like, it's such a cool story, right? Because last year, Dominic Kubali comes yeah. randomly to the Blackhawks and is right away like an all-star guy. Then this year, they bring him from the same league, the guy who led the same league in scoring as Kubali. He comes to the NHL. Now, uh, last time I checked, centering the top line of Patrick Kane and Alex Dabrinkit. And lately he's been putting up some points. Like he's just been everything I was hoping for. I picked him in my dynasty league in like the eighth round or something of a prospects draft. And he's been like a killer. Uh, obviously he's had some luck, like in terms of this deployment, sure. because Jonathan Taves is hurt. And so he's, you know, got a fast track to the top line. But I think that this is a guy who, I don't know, like I, I would like, he's already 24. Like he's not a Kaprizov. Like he's not like a huge superstar, but I think he's, potentially is going to have a nice career yeah I, i'm interested in this guy like i think he's like i mean he's centering the top line in his first season with patrick kane and so if if he could still be around if and when chicago's ever good again yeah i think he could be a big part of the team yeah but like, also i think he's a free agent like i don't oh, think he's he like locked in one year deal yeah i'll have to okay you talk for a second and i'll look him up on kefren okay beautiful yeah no i, I think i'd be happy getting a pew suitor out of uh, one of these boxes he's about half point a game per this year i think like it's kind of weird like i think the nhl teams kind of missed this guy somehow like he was in the world juniors twice he played for switzerland in the olympics he then he went to the swiss league and he was scoring points like why like i don't understand why he didn't like get drafted and get tried on an NHL team, he had 72 points in 61 games in the OHL. Like, why is he just coming over now? I don't understand. Yeah, I've seen his name before. I remember uh, I was looking at other players that were doing well that were coming over, and then I was looking. Sometimes it's fun to look at, like, okay, like this guy who's doing well, like who else in his yeah. league was like, you know, doing better than him? Right. You see, Pew Suter has been leading his league in points like the past couple of years, I think. So, yeah. or at least in 2019, 20. So, yeah, it's like, uh, I don't know, Chicago's gain. He, they have him on a one-year contract right now, but he's an RFA. So okay. I guess they'll have the chance to sign him and we'll see what happens. But yeah. I think, I don't see why he shouldn't be an NHLer unless there's something I don't know. Yeah, I'm with you. So like, far. maybe he's one of those guys that when he was like a 17-year-old, he told teams like outright, like, I'm not coming to the NHL. Um, and like, he just wanted to stay in Switzerland. I could see that. Um because I don't see any other reason that teams wouldn't be like, yeah, we're going to draft this guy and bring him over. For sure. Yeah. Uh, all right. So we've been going a long time. We've still got a lot of cards to go here. I wonder if yeah. we can do some sort of lightning round. There's still a few that I want to talk about for sure. And there's a lot of good names I haven't heard of. Well, we're at 484. So we've got 16 left, including the checklist, which we won't spend time on. Um, but mm-hmm. there's definitely some guys that we can breeze through. So let's do that. Uh, Alexander Barabinov is a Toronto Maple Leafs card. And... Again, I might be mistaken, but I think this is the only Leafs card in here. So, uh, yeah, I, like maybe he's got some value because of that. He's from the KHL where he was putting up some points, but he's got zero points in 11 games this year. I don't know. Yeah, on and off the taxi squad. He gets in some games, then is out. Like the Leafs have had some injuries, which I think has helped him get onto the roster. Like Thornton was hurt for a bit. Yeah. And, like uh, Hyman was hurt. Right. So. Uh, yeah. It doesn't seem like at 26 years old, we should be expecting much from him. No. Now, like, 
he'll have the Leafs jersey on, so like there's something there. But yeah, I'm not I'm not too jazzed about him. Yeah. Uh next guy is Philippe Mayette, twenty-eight years old. Seems like he's hanging out in the AHL. He's a Washington Capitals guy, at least on his young guns he is. Um, Come on. Yeah. What are they putting this guy in here for? He's he's played one game this uh, year. I don't know. This is one of those ones where like uh, just throw a dart and pick a guy. Like he actually has points in the HL, but uh, yeah, no. Yeah. Okay. I think we can move on. He's twenty eight. Like it's uh his time has passed. I think. I think so. Like he scored a lot of points in the QMJHL, but it's, it was too long ago. Yeah. Maybe yeah. at one point we could have been excited about yeah. him. Yeah. The next guy is Maxime Letunov, a second-round pick by the uh, St. Louis Blues, but he's now a San Jose Sharks young gun. Yeah, this is following my rule. If you were drafted in 2014 and your young guns is in 2021, <laughs> that's not that's not a good sign. Yeah, I mean, like he's got three games with the Sharks. He, again, he's another guy that like is putting up some points in the AHL, but it's getting a bit late, and uh, I'm not really into it. Okay. Next is Alexander Yellison of the Flames. And sticking with this theme, I think this is what the Flames fans get in this box, which, yikes. Um, do you know anything about this defenseman? No, 25 years old, still hasn't uh, made had a significant NHL role, so that's another yeah. bust. Yeah, and it looks like if he does make it, he's a kind of a more defensive guy. So not happy with that pull if I get it. The next one is Igor Sharangovich. For yeah, the... so he's been in the league this year, and he was playing with Jack Hughes for a bit at the start of the season. Uh-huh. So I think there's something here. Like it seems like he's been on the team. I think the whole time, and he's had some decent looks. I think he's played some, you know, like minute. Like actually today, he's playing on a line with Jack Hughes. Hey, and all right. So he's seeing like decent ice time. Like he had 18 minutes of ice time on the game on Tuesday. So I think this is someone that could end up being an NHL or still pretty young, only 22 years old. I don't think we have a superstar here, but no. this is uh, better than some of the other guys we've seen. And he's from Belarus, so he'll probably be on their Olympic team because I don't know who else they have. Um, so, yeah, there's something here. Something. Yeah. It's not not anything great, but something. For sure. Like, uh, he's he's higher than who were we talking about before. Maxim Letunov. Oh, certainly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, okay, next up we have Lucas Vegdemo. Vedemo? What do you? How do you say yeah, that? Yeah, ne- never heard of him. Drafted in 2015. He's played seven games for the Habs like last season. Uh, so I guess you're gonna say because he's wearing a Habs jersey, this might be worth something. But I've yeah. never heard anyone talk about this person before. I mean, so he's got six points in seven games for Laval this year in the AHL. So, yeah, like, it will get that Montreal Canadiens boost. Um, and this was the guy who was like, I think there's another Montreal guy in this box, but it's not anything special. Um, he's already 25. So, yeah, like, I think his cards will sell, and and that's what I'd do if I get one. But mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not, like, looking at him thinking he'll be amazing. He was a third-round pick, so, like, there's a chance. Um, but it's kind of like, it's a chance. Yeah, like uh, he was drafted in 2015, so it's not as bad as the 2013, 2014 people. Yeah. So, like you say, like maybe some good numbers in the AHL this year is good. Like last year, he only had 19 points in 47 games, so maybe he just had some good puck luck in a couple games. Like, I don't know. Yeah. He's not someone that I'm too like. I guess like I've never heard of him. So what can I say? Yeah, I mean, if he does make the team at some point, it'll be interesting to see, and like his cards will get that 
Montreal boost because people will be like, yeah. oh, I don't want to miss it. Um, Seems like a good guy but, to sell whenever he has. Yeah. Maybe he'll be like that. Who was that guy that had a hat trick in his first game on the Habs and then people were so into his car? Yeah, Ryan Paling. Like, yeah. sell him when he has his random hat trick. Yeah. All right. The next guy is Brandon Hagel of the Chicago Blackhawks. And uh, it looks like he's going to be an NHLer. He's been playing this year, uh, like, very bottom six minutes. Uh, I, like, yeah, he's actually playing on a line with Dominic Kubalik this year, but I think that's more just to, to say that Dominic Kubalik has been getting bad deployment right? rather than uh, Hagel is, like, in a really good spot. Like, he's not even yeah. getting any power play time. So he's just clearly not, like, someone who's considered a, you know, well, an offensive contributor on the team. I think, like, the thing with him is, like, he was a skilled guy and – It'll be whether he keeps being a skilled guy in the NHL or finds a different role. Uh, yeah. Like he had 102 points in 66 games in the WHL in his final season there. Which and you know what he does actually have points in three straight games. I'm seeing now he has an assist today versus Tampa Bay as we talk. Yeah. So so you know like like this is a guy where like I'm probably a bit happier with this guy than a lot of the like borderline guys than we that we've talked about that's fair um he uh, got a shorthanded assist on a ryan huh. carpenter goal look at that so he's gonna play shorthanded i think he's like a depth guy on this team like i think he could stick on the team maybe he's still pretty young yeah uh he's no pew suitor though i would definitely no. take suitor over hegel if i had my choice as would i as would i kinesiov is an nhler this year but i'm yeah he's defensive defenseman so not interested uh, the next guy is David Kasha. I think that's how you say it for Philadelphia, who's been in and out of the lineup. Um, you know, he's related to Andre Kasha, right? I think they're brothers. I believe so. Uh, that's cool. But I think we're pretty confident at this point. He's a fourth liner, like maybe fifth, third liner. Sometimes I said fifth liner, basically. <laughs> um, so taxi squad is the fifth line, you know, like, but also this is like the Philadelphia card you're getting in here. So I don't know. Yeah. Um, then we've got Steven Lorentz, seventh round draft pick, uh, you know, for Carolina. I'll tell you all you need to know about Steven Lorentz, okay? Sure. I'm in this deep, deep dynasty league where there's like 400 prospects yeah. like rostered and he's still available in free agency. Oof, that's rough. Okay, yeah. I, I don't think we want his young gun. All right, but now we've got a good one. There's yeah. 495 is Dylan Cousins of the Buffalo Sabres, and I'd say this is like a top five hit in this in this box. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I mean, he has a huge pedigree. He was amazing in the WHL. He's jumped right to the NHL this year, hasn't even played in the AHL. I wonder if he gets bounced down there at some point. Uh, like, it's not a fun place to be, I don't think, on the Buffalo Sabres yeah. this year. I hope he doesn't end up just struggling to start his career because he's on this crappy team. Mm -hmm. uh, but I like the idea of him centering like a Taylor Hall or something. Like at some point he was centering Taylor Hall and was looking like, oh, it's a pretty good spot. Yeah, uh, He hasn't like had much of an impact this year, but yeah, seventh overall pick, like insane in the WHL. Like obviously this guy has a really high pedigree, so he's a good pull for sure. And like, I know they didn't win this year, but probably the best player maybe besides Zegras in the world juniors, like he, right, he yeah, was yeah. dominant. Um, so yeah, I'd be, I'd be very happy to get a Dylan cousins card. Uh, for sure. maybe, maybe even second to Stutzla for me, but like ahead of Kaprizov. Yeah. The disrespect. I have no love for Kaprizov. 
I love him. Like, well, it was the same as all over the summer where you didn't love Fiala. I guess it's like any Minnesota Wild player. You're just like, throw him in the garbage. <laughs> well, I mean, like, what's happening with Fiala now? Well, yeah, it's not going as well as it <laughs> hopes, But I, he's had uh, some bad luck. Like, he's taken a lot of shots and not all of them have gone in. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, I, I'm definitely higher on Kaprizov than Fiala. But, yeah, I, I think Cousins, like, just gets a lot more love from the Canadian fans and... I mean, the challenge is he's on Buffalo, so that kind of sucks. But yeah. I, I like Minnesota's not much better in my books. I don't know. I'd rather have, I, uh, in terms of fantasy, anyways, I'd rather have the yeah. person on Minnesota. But right now, yes. somehow scoring yes. goals. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right. The next guy is my boy, Stuart Skinner for the Oilers. Um, he has been a prospect of theirs for a while. He's only 22, but it seems like he's been around for a while. He might be their goalie one day. Um, he's struggled mightily in the game that they threw him in this year, but it wasn't really like a fair situation. It, it, it kind of was like the worst game they've played all year, although they've played some bad games recently. So, and yeah, his numbers aren't great, but again, one of those Oilers that he'll be a few bucks and I'll probably buy one just cause he's an Oiler. Uh, Alex Stalock just got signed by the Oilers. So no way I missed that. That was like yesterday. He uh, was that? waived by Minnesota. So I guess oh, the Oilers are going to... They claimed him. They claimed him, yeah. yeah. So I guess we'll see now if the Oilers, what they're going to do. Are they going to run three goalies or is like Mike Smith on his way out or is I hope so. Koskinen on his way? I don't know what they're doing, but... They need one. They could use a good goalie, that's for sure. <laughs> so yeah. uh, we'll see if it could be Stuart Skinner. I guess this, it could be. It's a goalie. Who Maybe knows? it's Cake. But I really want to talk about this next button, man. He yeah, is so good. of goalies... Kevin Lankinen, the absolute shocker, at least from my perspective, of this year, just crushing, like basically making Chicago a good team. Yeah, I mean, well, let's not throw any shade at Alex Dabrinkit, who's been huge. Sure. And if you got any of his young guns over the summer, I'm sure that spiked heavily. He's having an amazing year. But yeah, Lankinen, it was like, it looked like going into the year, it was going to be between Malcolm Subban yeah, and... Right. And like not even Lankinen, like it was like another guy. Oh, Colin Delia yeah. were sort of the two expected to be the starter and backup. And then like maybe Lankinen will get a shot. But it's like Subban, he had a couple good games actually recently. But overall, he's Malcolm Subban. We've seen a lot from him that hasn't gone well. And then Delia didn't really even get a chance because Kevin Lankinen has just been lights out, like you've said. And Unreal. it seems like he's taken over as the starter. And Chicago is like up to nothing against Tampa Bay today uh, after two periods, just it goes to show like how good Lankin has been. And all of a sudden now we're looking at potentially like a guy who could be potentially the goalie for the Blackhawks for years, right? Like, yeah. why not? It's not like they have anyone else in the system that I've heard of that they were especially high on. So no. yeah, Lankin is having a huge year, potentially another Calder candidate if there wasn't a Kaprizov. Yeah, I would love to get his card. I think that he's a really fun story. Yeah, I'd be pretty happy to pull him. Um, and I think, like, we're seeing a trend here, right? Like, the goalies that we're talking about in Young Guns series are all, like, 25, 26 years old. Um, I think generally people know that goalies come into the league a bit later. But that's kind of, like, the point where we're like, oh, this goalie came out of nowhere. But really, like, he had a good final season when he was playing in Smoliga. Then he had a couple years in the AHL where he probably had to figure out how the hell to play on our ice surface. And uh, now he's he's more than ready. 
uh, very cool. It's like, it's a fun story. We actually had a guy on our podcast, William Nadeau, came over the summer to talk goalies. Ooh. And he randomly just threw out there, like, watch out for this Kevin Lankinen guy. I think Damn. he's going to be really good. And he totally like called that perfectly. And I've got him in my Dynasty League. And he's someone we picked super late. And it's Crazy. Like, been huge, especially because we had Allmark, who got hurt. Oh. We had Francois, who got hurt. Like, we've had some really bad goalie luck. But, like, Lankinen is keeping us in this. That's legit. That's legit. All right. Well, we've got two more young guns. That was 497. We've got 498 is Joel Kellman of the San Jose Sharks. And uh, he's got a bunch of games in the NHL, but he's 26 years old and he played in Sweden for a while. I don't I don't really see much upside here. Yeah, it's really like they might as well have just left Lankinen be last so that it can end with a bang. Right. Yeah. It's like we we had some fun with cousins. You threw in a Stuart Skinner, then you get Lankinen. Then we're ending here with Joel Kelman and Braden Burke. Braden two, like Burke. Yeah. Two like Burke hasn't even played an NHL game. He's already twenty four. Yeah. Uh, he's a he's like, an Arizona Coyotes young gun. Now at the same time, last year he had fifty two points in fifty one games in the AHL. Yeah. So maybe he's like the next Connor Garland. I mean, that would be great, and I guess it's possible. It's possible. It's possible. I, like, I haven't heard many people talk about him. But no, me neither. Um, so, yeah, that's that's kind of the end of the, the young guns, and I think this is honestly maybe why they have the checklist at the end is so that if there's a final one, it's like, okay, here's your checklist of all the young guns, and this year it's got Stutzla and it's got Cousins. So I think what what Upper Deck is saying is that I'm right that these are the top two guys. I thought usually the one who's like the first card is the one that they also put on the checklist. Isn't this rare that you've got Kaprizov not on the checklist when he's the number four fifty one? Uh, I think you're. I think you're right about that. To be honest, um, I, like so, what I think might have happened is they had these guys as their checklist, and Stutzla was going to be the number one, and then they changed it. Now okay. I could be wrong about that. That's complete speculation. Um, but I don't think they expected to have Kaprizov as their headliner. Well, they should have <laughs> been. <laughs> oh, well. Yeah. Uh, yeah, anyways, that was a really fun set. Like, obviously, a lot of randos that we hadn't heard of. But, like, yeah. uh, you heard there was, like, five to, like, I feel like there was, like, maybe eight guys where, I, like, my voice raised. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, I'm into this guy. Like, there's a lot of good pulls here. I can't wait for us to open our box. This has been a blast. Yeah, Brian. it's it's going to be really cool. When those do show up, I'm going to be very stoked to open them. I hope we get some Stutzlas and some Caprizovs. I hope you get the Caprizovs. Maybe we'll make a trade if I get it. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's going to be a lot of fun. And yeah, like you say, I think this is a more exciting box to open. And I'm going to be really curious to see what the prices look like because there isn't that one obvious Lafreniere. But all these guys are better than Lafreniere, to be honest. I mean, so far. But Lafreniere, I mean, he's really young. Like, give him a break. I don't I think, think I want to give him a break. He's, he's had the worst start of any first overall pick ever. Like, I looked that back. Can't... No, yeah, seriously. I looked back through, like, maybe not, like, in the 50s. But, like, there's nobody that's been worse out of the gate. Nobody. Didn't Joe Thornton struggle, like, in his first season? Not like this. <laughs> no like ser- or, uh, seriously like it's 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 like insane like jack hughes last year um had a really bad end to his first year but it wasn't a bad beginning um, all right so you heard it from ryan i guess sell your lafreniers i'll buy it do you have so you have some lafreniers right uh i've got them coming from Comsi actually um 
I wasn't going to buy them, and I probably shouldn't have. I went against my own reasoning. Uh, but right, I, I'll buy low from I you. Got, I got you a want. good price on them. So what? How much did you spend? I think I got them for 135 each. I've got to check that, but I'm pretty sure that's what it was. Um, All right, well, if you ever get really frustrated and you want to sell one to me for like 50 bucks, I'll, I'll do that. <laughs> well, so it was funny. I, I, I was looking at um, that night. I was looking at their lines, and he got put back with Panarin. He hadn't done anything for like 15 games. And I was like, you know what? Like, this is a good price. I'm gonna I'm gonna buy this. And 30 minutes later, he scores a goal. I was like, what the hell? Um, By the way, uh, it's six to one right now. Or oh, the Rangers beat the Devils six to one, and Lafreniere had a goal and an assist. No way! So, oh, this right. is the start. This is it. Okay. So- Somehow, Mika Zibanejad one assist in the whole game. Yeah. yeah. And it's like uh, he's the guy I drafted high on my fantasy team, driving me crazy. He only played 13 minutes. What's going on with Zibanejad? Anyway, this has been a, a lot of fun. Uh, I love going through this. We should do this every. We should make this a tradition. Anytime a new set of young guns comes out, maybe next time let's bring Victor also to tell us about the guys that yeah. none of us have heard of. You know what? That would be really cool. The three of us could go through it, and we're gonna have to that. because there's an extended oh, yeah. series. So maybe that's what we'll do. We'll get the three of us on for that. But yeah, let's wrap up. So yeah, obviously, thanks a lot for coming back on, Elon. Um, it was great to have you for the Young Guns chat, and I look forward to opening those boxes with you. Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, thanks for everyone for listening, and looking forward to hear what people think. Yeah, so obviously follow us on all the social medias. Hit that subscribe button if you're on YouTube. Thanks so much for listening. And until next time, go get those Series 2 Young Guns. Especially Caprizov. Especially Caprizov. (laughs) (laughs) All right, see ya. (laughs) See you, man.